If you didn't bring a Bible, hold up your hand real high. The ushers have extra Bibles. We'd be glad to let you use one of these. And let's all go to James, the first chapter. And then we'll go to Hebrews, the sixth chapter. For some weeks now, we've been on a subject called the power of patience. The power of patience. And I want us to continue on that this morning. And I'd ask you to believe with me because there's some specific things uh, you might not have thought as much about that I believe we should get into. In James, the first chapter, the second verse, he said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this. This is how you count it joy, because you know something. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Time tries trust. It tries it. The passage of time will try your faith. And that's where patience comes in. Patience is the companion force with faith. Should you be interested in patience? Patience has gotten a bad rap, if you will, in a lot of churches. I've heard uh, preachers say foolish things about patience. I'm not judging. I'm not knocking. Notice I'm not calling any names because I've said some foolish things myself. But I've heard people say, whatever you do now, don't pray for patience. Whew. Never pray for patience. Well, that's a foolish thing to say. Why not? Well, it doesn't just come by praying for it. But what they're talking about is, oh man, all kind of bad stuff's going to happen. You know? No, that's foolish. And you hear people saying, well, you know, that's just a weak area of mine. I never had a whole lot of patience. That's just not a strong point. You don't know what you're saying. Because you don't have any more faith then you do patience. To say I don't have much patience is the same thing as saying I don't have much faith. It's the same thing as saying I don't trust God very much. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. Because you don't really, if everything happened the moment you prayed it or before the sun went down, how much faith would it require? If everything happened that God told you, at least by the end of the week, how much faith would it take? But when time keeps passing, and it looks like you're further from it than when you started, and it looks like there's no way, that tries, tests, right? Checks out your faith. Keep reading. Why should we be interested in patience? Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If you're lacking some things, if you're short on some things, how do you get to the point where you're not lacking at all? You're not wanting at all. You'll get there through faith and, and patience. Go to Hebrews 6, please. Now, we've already covered a lot of ground in this series, and if this is your first time with us, 
uh, let me encourage you to get the previous messages. It won't cost you anything. They're up there, CDs, DVDs, go online, download it. It won't cost you a penny. And uh, get caught up. Uh, I believe it'll be, well, I know it, it is well worth your time. Amen. Well worth your time. We have a lot of people quitting today. A lot of people quitting, quitting. I hear of whole churches quitting and closing doors. I hear of preachers quitting. People in all kind of helps ministry quitting, quitting. Yes, where are they? Well, they're not even going to church anymore, much less trying to serve God in any kind of form of ministry. They quit. And you hear people say things like this. Well, I tried that. I tried that and it didn't work. Nah, it tried you and you quit. <laughs> you were the one being tested. <laughs> no, let patience have her perfect work. What does that mean? Another word for patience is perseverance. Another word is endurance. You just keep believing and keep believing and keep believing and don't quit and don't give up and keep believing. And what will happen? You'll wind up perfect, complete, entire, what? Wanting nothing. Hallelujah. Hebrews 6, are you there? Verse 11. He said, we desire that every one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope to the end. Keep going. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through what? Faith and patience inherit the promises. The previous verse said, you got to show the same diligence. Back up to verse 11. How long do you got to stay with it? To the end. And verse 13 now. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, why could he swear by no greater? (laughs) He couldn't find anybody any greater. And if he couldn't find them, what does that mean? (laughs) They're not there. He swore by himself, saying, surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. And verse 15, so after he, Abraham, had patiently endured, he did what? He obtained. Glory to God. They got it. Isaac was born. Can you say hallelujah? Now, did it happen the first day after God told him? Or the next week? Or the next year? Or the next five years? Or ten years? No. No. God told him. And God keeps talking to him about his seed year after year, decade after decade, and he has no natural seed. But God calls those things there be not. As though they were, because in the heart and mind of God, it's no question if it's going to happen. It has happened. And it will be revealed. You know, it's easy to think that things are tight and close sometimes. People go, phew, that was a close one. <laughs> when it comes to believing God. But with God, it was never close. <laughs> you think about the Israelites brought out of Egyptian bondage. Pharaoh's horse breathing on the back of their neck. <laughs> Toes in the Red Sea almost. 
seemingly at the last minute. Sea opens up, they get through just in time for the army to come behind them, and they might have got on the other side and went, whew, <laughs> that was a close one. But with God, can you see God going, whew, I hope this works. <laughs> it's going to be tight. <laughs> no, with him, it was never close because he knew what he was going to do. Right? And the same thing's true with us. If we'll trust him. But the passage of time will test to see if we really do have faith. Now one thing that we've been seeing is that the Bible talks about that a thousand years with the Lord is like a watch that's passed in the night. Like a day. Like a night that's passed. Our perception of time has been one of the big problems. Because we are so young and we've been alive such a tiny amount of time, we think a few years is a long time and it's nothing. It's not hard to see this. When you were 14, 15, whatever, and you're waiting, I'm talking about myself now, to get your driver's license, how long did that year seem to be? Oh, man, you check the clock to see if it's running backwards sometime. I mean, you think, because I got to get my license, right? Little kids, you try to tell them. They will know when's it going to happen. And you say, you know, maybe a month or two from my, you might as well say a millennia. A little bitty child, they're like, what? Because to them, a tiny amount of time Seems like a big amount of time. But you get to be about 85. And what do you think about a year? You think, wow. <laughs> Where did that year go? Huh? Where did that? It was just 2012. Like yesterday, right? I mean. <laughs> well, what if you've been around for a millennia? And much, much, much. Much longer. Well, with God, time, he perceives it different. Of course, he's right. We're the ones with the limited view. And so, if a thousand years is like a day, then Abraham waiting and believing God for 25 years was like 30 minutes God time. And if you can't believe God for 30 minutes without giving up and quitting, ain't much to your faith. (laughs) Can you see where so many folks are? People stand for a few days and a few weeks and months and throw up their hands and go, well, it's not going to happen. No, if God said it, it's true. Right? It's true for two years. It's true for 200 years. It's true for 2,000 years, right? It's true. So the word is not what's on trial here. Our faith, the passing of time, tries our faith. But let it have its perfect work. Just relax. Cool your jets. Right? We're in this thing for the long haul, right? This Christian race is not a sprint. It's a marathon. You got to settle into a gate. Settle into a pace you can maintain. Long term. 
Right? Huh? Just keep on keeping on. Keep on believing. Feel good, feel bad, believe the same. Look better, look worse, believe the same. Right? Believe the same. Year past, five, ten, twenty, believe the same. The same, the same. That's how you wind up perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Can you say amen? Now let me go on to some other things today on that foundation. The word tells us about faith that is true and genuine compared to faith that is feigned. You remember the phrase unfeigned faith? If there's an unfeigned faith, what else must there be? A feigned or feigned would be fake, phony faith. And uh, there is a time when patience isn't faith. There's a time when people are persevering and pushing, but it's not faith. Uh, Look there in Hebrews with me. The sixth chapter. The, uh, what was it, uh, 13th verse? Put that up for us. Abraham standing for that 1, 2, 10, 15, 25 years did not begin with him deciding to stand and having done all to stand, stand. That's not how it began. Everybody awake, are you listening? How did it begin? When God made promise to Abraham. Because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, verse 14, saying, who's saying? God's saying, surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. That's what Abraham took his stand on. And that's what he was fully persuaded of. And that's what he persevered and having done all to stand stood, right? And verse 15, after he had patiently endured, he obtained. Too many have rushed past the first part and just jumped to the standing part. You can't be too sure that God told you. Even when you think you know. Check again. Make sure. Because if you're standing, 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 standing for something he didn't tell you, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to get weary and more weary. And ultimately, you're going to be disappointed, let down. And it's not going to be because God failed you or that the Word failed you. It'll be because your standing was not on His Word. He's not obligated to fulfill just any and everything you and I come up with. 
I looked for a good Mother's Day message today. <laughs> and this is what I, what I got. <laughs> so I believe this must be the good, the good Mother's Day message right here. <laughs> Further we get into it, I believe you can see this is very important. In, um, I believe it's the book of Ezekiel. You don't have to turn there, but Ezekiel 13. It didn't start with standing. It started with God said. Don't let that be too simple for you. Don't let that blow past you. I've seen a lot of folks make mistakes in these areas. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment. In Ezekiel 13 and 1. It said the word of the Lord came to me saying. Son of man prophesy against the prophets of Israel that prophesy and say thou to them that prophesy out of their own hearts. Hear ye the word of the Lord. So where are they getting the stuff they're saying? Not from God. They're coming up with it themselves. Verse 3, thus says the Lord God, woe to the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. <laughs> they're coming up with some stuff. But the Lord didn't show it to them. And yet they're saying he did. They're saying the Lord gave me this vision. They're saying the Lord told me this. Wonder how many times across the planet every day and night. People are saying God told me. I wonder how many times he actually did. <laughs> I think you could say not all. Not just because somebody says, thus saith the Lord. That doesn't mean he did. Just because somebody said, God told me. God showed me. Doesn't mean he did. He keeps going in verse 6. They have seen vanity and lying divination saying, the Lord says, and the Lord has not sent them. And they have made others to hope. That they would confirm the word. So you see these people are in a state of expecting and standing for a word to come to pass. That was given as thus saith the Lord. And it wasn't thus saith the Lord. And so their standing is going to be in vain. They can be as patient as they want to be. Persevering and enduring as they want to be. But the problem is. It was not his word. Can you see this? Verse 7 he says. Have you not seen a vain vision? And have you not spoke a lying divination? Whereas you say. The Lord said. And albeit I have not spoken. I reckon that's irritating to the Lord some. huh? People saying. Thus saith the Lord. And he's going. I never said that. (laughs) The Lord told me this. And he's going. No I didn't. No, I never said that. Now, when it comes to saying God told me, that's a real strong phrase. And sometimes it's accurate. And other times it's not. I had the privilege of working with Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr. for a number of years. And I believe that Brother Hagin, he's in heaven now. But I believe that he stood in the forefront of the prophet's ministry in the church and in the earth in his generation. And he tells of multiple experiences 
where he saw the Lord and heard the Lord. And if you followed his ministry and read some of these things, and you have to decide for yourself if you think that's true, but I'm convinced it is. And let me tell you how he talked a lot of the time. I've been in meetings with him numerous times where he'd say, I perceive such and such. Then he'd say, how many understand I perceive is different from saying the Lord told me. That's right. That's right. Isn't it? I perceive such and such. And then he'd stop and say, now I'm a man. I could miss it. And if this doesn't bear witness with your spirit, just put it on the shelf. Now if somebody with multiple visitations of the head of the church, prophet's ministry, at that time 50 and then more years of ministry, if he talks like that, how about some young whippersnapper? Been saved a couple of months. <laughs> Hollering God told me. Adamant about it. When it's possible to perceive something right, but then put your own interpretation on it and decide it means this when the Lord never said that. And then if you're going to believe and stand and persevere and be patient for that, but he never said it. That's when you're going to wear out. That's when you're going to ultimately be disappointed. Can you see this, saints? There are two main things you need before you get to the standing waiting part. <laughs> you stand and wait. We just got through seeing it in Hebrews 6. After you've heard from him about it. When do you stand, saints? When do you stand? Number one, after you've heard from You don't just pull something out of the air and start trying to stand for it. After you've heard from him. And secondly, you stand after you've done what he told you to do. After you do what he's directed you to do. The Bible said in Hebrews 10, you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now going back to this first part. You can tell the spirit of God, his nature, his qualities Versus flesh and even wrong spirits. How many know Galatians 5 and other places talk about the fruit of the Spirit? People that are off trying to stand for something are pushing. And a lot of times there's anger because it's not working. And resentment. Faith puts no pressure on people. Ever. Ever. Say it out loud. Faith, Faith. Puts, no pressure puts no pressure on people, on people. Ever. ever. If you're really in faith standing for something, then it's based on what the Lord told you. And so you're looking to him and your expectation is to him only and you're waiting on him only. Can you say amen? amen. Well, people that are trying to do this in the flesh, they get their eyes on people. And they actually begin to start trying to pressure people to make it happen and claim I'm standing. And when people are adamant about God told me, we've had folk over the years, I'm not trying to single out any specific situation, over the years scores of these have happened. 
where people said, God told me something about that they were going to get to do in our ministry. God told me. Well, that's strong. Especially if it has to do with something that somebody else is over. <laughs> It'd be like me coming to your house and said, God told me we're having this to eat in your house. <laughs> we're doing this at your house. Really? So now you know more about what happens at my house than I do. That's pretty presumptuous, isn't it? Isn't it? Pretty presumptuous. <laughs> I mentioned Brother Hagen earlier. Back years ago when he was doing healing school there at their ministry in Broken Air, Oklahoma, he had a Bronco that he'd drive when the weather was bad. And as the years went by, it got older and older, but he liked it. <laughs> he wanted to keep it. He kept driving it. And there was a young guy that came by and decided that God told him that Brother Hagin's supposed to give him that Bronco. <laughs> and so he, he waited long as he could and decided that what he needed to do was let Brother Hagin know that God had told him that he's supposed to give him his Bronco. Because apparently Brother Hagin wasn't getting it. <laughs> so he did. It was right before Christmas time. And he came and he let Brother Hagin know that God had told him. Now hear that phrase? That's strong, isn't it? God told me. Now there is such a thing as thus saith the Lord. And it's a lot stronger than I perceive. But you don't need to say thus saith the Lord when you're just perceiving something. It's not the same thing. It's not representing correctly. So he, he was brass enough to come tell Brother Hagin that the Lord had told him that he was supposed to give him his Bronco and it was okay with him if he drove it over Christmas, but then he'd be ready to receive it. And several years later, Brother Hagin would tell that story and he'd say, I still got that Bronco. But I've seen folks like that more than once. Even after that, they still try to stand five years later and say, God told me, so one of these days I'm going to get that bronco. That's actually being rebellious and trying to stand, 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 stand. And they talk the faith talk, talk the faith language. But it's not based on what God said. And too proud to admit. Well, I've been learning about this for eight months. <laughs> Here's a man been walking in this for 50 plus years. What should he have done? <laughs> One option would just been to be quiet. <laughs> and see if it was the Lord. <laughs> And after several years passed and the Bronco was gone and have enough humility to go, well, reckon I missed it on that. Or at the very least, if you're going to talk to somebody, ask a question with humility. I thought about this 
And I don't know if it's right or not, but what do you think? And if somebody that's an elder that has a lot of experience looks at you and goes, hmm, you might want to leave that alone. <laughs> Listen. Yes. Right? Yes. As leaders, we've had numerous times people come to us. And this is how they start out the conversation. Maybe they've been under us for five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years. And they start off the conversation, God told me to do such and such. Sometimes Phyllis and I look at each other and go, hmm, hmm. But what'd they say? Well, you just went over me. You just went over my head. What am I going to say? Okay, he told you, but I'm going to change it. (laughs) What am I going to say? I either say, God didn't tell you. You just told me he did. If you're not asking a question, the door's not open. And there really gets into some negative stuff here. We've had people tell us, you know, God told me that I'm supposed to be over such and such part of your ministry. This has happened many times. You know, we're not really looking for people to be over stuff. Because that's not the same as wanting to help. Wanting to run something is not the same as wanting to help. Wanting to control something is not the same as wanting to help. Is it? We've had people say, you know, God told me. You know, to be over such and such your ministry, to take care of it for you. We've had more than one person say, God told us to run the accounting department for you. <laughs> ah, to run it for you. And you can just forget about it, and we'll take care of it. I'm sure you would. <laughs> God told them. <laughs> Two words. Ain't happening. <laughs> How many of the Bible talks about somebody's supposed to be proven in a lesser thing, right? Before they qualify for another thing. He that's faithful in that which is least or little would be faithful in more or much. But then you got people, and this is, this is in true churches all over the country, that sit back, they try to hide it, but they're miffed and they're fuming. They're getting angrier by the month. And their idea is, when are those knuckleheads going to get what God's saying? When is the pastors? When is the leaders? When is my husband going to quit being so dense and realize what God has told me? And give me my place. Give me what belongs to me. And my bronco. And you notice again and again what the thing they're believing for is conveniently what they want for themselves, their place, their position. You're not looking for folks to be over stuff. You're looking for people to help, that really want to help. If you really want to help and you're making a difference, you don't care if you're seen. If you care more about being seen, you don't care more about helping. Because if you really want to help, if you're helping, you're happy. 
Right? If you're helping, if it's making a difference, if somebody's getting help, you're happy. But there's a lot of folks that are bitter. They're resentful. They've been so-called trying to stand that so-and-so is going to marry me. (laughs) Sometimes it's other people's spouse. I don't know if they're believing for them to die or (laughs) who they're married or what they're believing for. Now, you're laughing. This is going on. People wouldn't say it, but they're standing. They're being patient. (laughs) Well, you didn't expect this today, did you? (laughs) You know what that is? That's covetousness. That's coveting something. Isn't it? Something that is someone else's. I've had people tell me, you know, God told me that they were going to give me their car. They want to, what do I do? You know, and then time's passing. They're not getting it. They don't realize what God told me, I guess. (laughs) It's their car. Somebody say, it's their car. What the Bible tell you about your neighbor's stuff? Absolutely, don't let yourself desire it or covet it. So you're being deceived. It's couched in spiritual terminology and faith terminology, but the Spirit of God is not in you coveting something that is somebody else's. Including their car, their house, their spouse. Come on, are you listening to me? That none of that has got anything to do with God. And so what people get into is, you know, they're not getting it. So I'm going to believe God and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to stand and I'm going to believe God till they get it. And what you get into is trying to manipulate them and change them and control them through spiritual activity. That's witchcraft. And people call it prayer. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Do you need a rest for a couple of minutes? (laughs) Or can you take some more of this? I want you to say it out loud. God loves me. Say it again. God loves me. me. He really loves me. me. I'm saying that because the Lord loves you so much. He will not let you just go down a wrong path like that without helping you and trying to help you. Which is part of what's going on right now. The question is, will you listen? Will you be teachable? Will you be correctable? Instead of being so adamant. I've heard from God. I know I did. Did you now? Are you sure? Not trying to push her. What does faith do? Faith puts no pressure on people. Ever. I don't have to covet your car. God will give me one of my own. Right? I don't have to covet anything of yours. Right? God will give me my own. My eyes are on Him. My expectations from Him. And if you got something good, I'm glad for you. I don't want you to lose yours so I can have mine. God's bigger than that. We can all have ours. Right? We can all have what we need. Say that loud. Covetousness. 
is evil. I will not yield to it. What does that mean? I am not going to let myself desire what somebody else has. Here's a great word to help identify. Thank you, Lord. Whether you're on the right track or not. Go to Isaiah, please. 40th chapter. It's not real complicated. You can tell by the spirit of it. Somebody that's on the wrong track. It just gets worse. You know, you're trying to stand for something God didn't tell you. You got your eyes on people and they're not cooperating with what you want. And you just get more and more frustrated and more and more angry and more and more bitter and more and more fatigued. That should be telling you something. I said that should be telling you something. Though the outward man gets older, perishes. What did the Bible go on to say? The inward man is what? Renewed day by day. Are you getting weary and worn out more every day? Or are you being renewed day by day? Isaiah 40, notice what it says. Isaiah 40, verse 31. They that do what? They what? Waiting. I'm waiting on them to get a clue. <laughs> well, then you're not waiting on the Lord. <laughs> like that guy waiting on his Bronco. No, this is waiting on the Lord. If you're really waiting on the Lord based on what he told you, what will, what's the result? You will, you shall renew your strength. You won't get more bitter every day. You won't get more down and discouraged every day. You're on the right track. The path is getting brighter and brighter. You're closer to it than you've ever been. Come on, are you listening? You get quickened. You get renewed. Because you really are trusting Him. Standing on something He said. Renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. They'll walk and not faint. And what if they don't faint? Galatians 6, 9 said, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. So when you're mad, frustrated, and again and again, what's the issue? Focusing on people. They're in my way. If that knucklehead wasn't in charge, I'd already have my such and such. <laughs> my husband wasn't so carnal. Not even an amen on that one. <laughs> If my wife wasn't so selfish, if if so-and-so wasn't so, you know, they'd obey God and give me what I want. That's ugly. I said, that's ugly. That is so carnal. That is so ungodly. It is so covetous. It's evil. Friend, we've talked about this in time. We went into detail on this on Thanksgiving Victory Series. 
And it's one of the greatest things you ever thought about or considered. But the door where the enemy gets in, life after life, family after family, marriage after marriage, ministry after ministry, is this door of they owe me. This idea that they owe me. If you begin to entertain that and let that get in you, the enemy will begin to deceive you and cloud your mind and confuse you and mislead you. And you know how you can tell? You get unhappy. You get so miserable and bitter. And the further it goes, they're your problem. The devil will give you a picture for your problem. It's them. The first murder that occurred, who was it? Cain killed Abel because of the terrible things Abel did to Cain. No. What did Abel do to Cain? Absolutely nothing. What did he do? He gave a big offering to God. That's what he did. Cain didn't try and his offering wasn't accepted and he got mad and instead of thinking about God what he said instead of thinking about himself he got his eyes on his brother you're my problem little goody goody fluffy giver (laughs) oh yeah yeah it gives everybody he thinks he's something and he fixated on him. Until if you, if you start doing this, you listen to the devil, he will try to convince you that him, your brother, he is the reason for all your problems in life. He is the thing that's between you and everything you ever wanted. He is the scourge of your existence. And he come to believe it and killed him. And it was all lies. His brother did nothing to him. I want you to say it out loud. People are not my problem. People are not my source. I'm not looking to anybody to promote me, meet my needs, fulfill my desires. My eyes are on God. My expectation is only on Him. Hallelujah. I wait on Him. How can you tell you're waiting on Him? Put it up again. How can you tell? Isaiah 40, 31. How can you tell? They that wait upon the Lord. Stand up on your feet, everybody. They that wait on the Lord, what will happen to them? They shall renew their strength. Hallelujah. Close your eyes. Lift up your hands. Let's begin to praise the Lord and thank Him for His goodness. Thank you, Lord, for Your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for Your mercies. Thank you, Lord, for Your love and kindnesses and tender mercies. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Praise you, praise you. Praise you, praise you. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God told Joshua, 
He said, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Talking about him doing what God had given him to do and possessing what God had given them to possess. Never believe a lie that this person or that person is in my way and holding me back and standing in my way. Never believe it. No man will be able to stand before you. In between you. In between what you know, you're believing God for. God's bigger than all that. Right? And uh, I like what Brother Lester Summerall said one time. He said, he said, I can try to say it like him a little bit. Other people's heads are no place to look for my happiness. <laughs> Don't look. Don't try to find your happiness in other people's heads. Right? No matter what people are doing, how upset they are, how bitter they are, you can be happy. It'll just make the devil real mad. Because he's doing everything he can to keep you upset and keep you bitter and keep you bent out of shape. And you just go, ha, that don't bother me. I cast all the care over on the Lord. And what he told me will surely come to pass. Can you say amen? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.